live from State Street in the heart of Chicago. You are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie, live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Justin Fields with a 106 quarterback rating from the 41 takes the snap. Pocket starting to collapse. He has nowhere to go, but finds a way out. Runs right to the 40, 35, and he muscles through two to get a first down. And they're on their feet at Soldier. Third and seven pickup by QB1. Gets him 11 yards. And the Bears at 6.25 to go. Clock running. Our first down and 10 of the Atlanta 30-yard line. Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000, talking Bears, talking Bears-Packers week. Uh, Waddle's jersey, Cap's going to wear it. Looks good on you. It's it, good. It's, it's, it's warm because it's very tight. Well, do you want people holding you when you are, uh, you're challenged with regard to your speed? It's true. Don't want to be sticky. You don't want to be sticky, no. Right, absolutely you, not. You want to do this rapid reaction thing? This is something I, I Jesse never, created. Really? It's, it's like we, we take quick calls. No long-form calls. Okay. You know, any Whatever topic we can do. Like, this is uh, Should, like, knowing that it's bad mojo. Uh, it's bad went, mojo? Well, you went 0-2 in these jerseys. Okay, but I had a good you game. you got your ass kicked. I well, had a good game. Okay, well, so then that means... Uh, someone will have a good individual game, but the Bears would lose. That doesn't matter. I don't. The A plus B does not equal C on that front. I don't agree with that. Okay. Uh, let's see what the let's see what the reaction is. Kelly in Bloomingdale. What uh, what hey, should Cap do? Uh, you know what? I really could care less because honestly, <laughs> I think that jersey looks like a court jester would wear it. So I guess if you want to continue on the. The diatribe that Cap is a clown, maybe continue that, but I don't think that's going to have a damn bit of difference of what happens on the field. Okay. But you know, you, you want to send him out to Green Bay wearing that clown show? Be my guest. <laughs> that's the essence of rapid yeah. reaction. I love that, Kelly. Daryl and York. Good to see twenty twenty four is kicked off with more civility. <laughs> What's up, Daryl? What's your uh, reaction? Uh, no, no girl men should be wearing uniforms. Well, well, he's not going to wear the pants we and the cleats. In, or we should put him in a full uniform, like Rambo back go. in Platteville. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, Rambo, hey, used, yes. That uh, bad night I was there, didn't they retire Piccolo's number, not Sears and Buckus? No, it no, was no, no. Sears and Buckus. Sears and Buckus. Okay, I remember a plane crash that night. Uh, yes, that, that happened as well. I was going to leave that out of the conversation, Daryl, because it just... It was a somber night. It was yes. a very somber night. That was significantly, obviously, more important than the outcome of our football game. Wasn't that in Indiana? I believe it was. Yeah. Uh, Stephen and, uh, well, Matt. Stephen, what should Cap do? I drove by Soldier Field that night listening to the game on the radio, and I felt sorry for you guys. Thank the you. weather was horrible. It was horrible. Uh, but anyway, no, that, that uniform is ugly. Don't wear it. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to see it even in the stands. Forget it. Okay, so that's... Oh, we're 0 for 3, or I'm 0 for 3 with regard to you. my love for my jersey. Hey, well, you could wear it on your couch. Uh, Mike I'm and Glendale wear it on my couch. What's yes, up, Mike? wear it. Reverse the curse. Oh, reverse, reverse, the, reverse the curse. That's not a wear bad it. thought. Look, yeah. it started, the curse started maybe with this jersey, and this could be a good way to end it with a first win in the last 10 tries. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And then we can talk about it for years to come that that was the moment. That was the reason why they turned it around. Could Cap That's actually thought. Could Cap be this slump buster? Oh, boy. Is Cap our slump buster? What I like this, and he has to wear it inside out. Reverse. To reverse it. A rally cap? Well, I don't, I mean, then we can't see the waddle, though, part of it. Who cares? We're about reversing the curse, not really caring what Cap looks like in the stands. Wayne in Plainfield, what do you think, Wayne? Hey, guys, Happy New Year. Same uh, to you, buddy. December 11th, December 11th, 1994. You probably weren't wearing the jersey, but do you happen to remember the, the score of that game in Green Bay? Uh, we got boat raced in that one, too, I'm sure. Uh, 40 to 3. Yeah, that's how we played back then. Not, can you believe we... Put, put that thing back in the box. Can you believe... Well, I put wasn't it wearing, in the box! I wasn't, I wasn't wearing it then. Um, we made the postseason that year, too, despite all of these butt kickings. And won a playoff game. Yes, in Minnesota. Yeah. And, you and guys, guess how that game ended in Minnesota? With a, with a first down to you? I did not have a catch in the game. Oh, boy. What happened? I was cooked. I recovered an onside kick. Oh, with yes. the good Sticky. Sticky with the onside kick recovery. I'm on the hands team. Throw me the ball, Dave, for crying out loud. Don't get out there. You're on You're on the onside you're, kick you're recovery. The, you're on the hands team. Yeah. yeah, the first thing you do with the guy who has the nickname Sticky is put, put him, him on the, the front hands line. team. Yes. That's right. Uh, and lastly, Dave and Bartlett. What do you think, Dave? The answer is yes. We talk a lot about how players have revenge games. This is the Jersey revenge game, so Cap should absolutely wear that. I like like what you're thinking. Cap is the hero that we never knew we needed. Maybe maybe we have have come to that conclusion. Yes, he is the man to, to reverse all of this. Yeah. Bringing it back to Lambo. He is the answer to the to the puzzle. And this will be actually 30 years later. Now our time to dominate this rivalry for yeah. the next 30 years. This is the beginning of a new chapter in this, yes. in this yes. rivalry. Yes. We thought that that was going to be the opening game of the season. This was going to be the first chapter of the, the rivalry, a new page in the, or the new chapter yeah. in the rivalry. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen. All right. So for the last week plus, I've been talking and taking strays on the uh, quarterback can situation. We say, can we first of all say, like, this is a new year. I'm going to dub the uh, 2024 as the year of civility. Oh, yeah. With, with the hope that somehow, some way, people will start being more civil with each other. Can I? I mean, is that just we're, being we're, too head in the clouds? No, I, we, we, 2024 is the year of civility, a return to civility, where you can have one opinion about regardless of the topic and someone else can have another opinion and we can exact what we can do is listen to one another we don't have to agree with one another but at the end of the day we're not trying to hurl grenades at each other well you you remember when we were first put together what our philosophy will always was about taking phone calls correct like there were other sports radio shows. If you don't shows. agree with us, we're not taking your call. <laughs> Wasn't that what no, we did? No, one of them was that we may not be very good, but we, we give, give away, away we a give lot away of good, good stuff. stuff. Now we don't have any more good stuff we to give away. Stuff to give away. So, so then we had to go to another new mantra. Um, but like a lot of other shows would like like the way to do it was we know more than you. And if you called with an opinion that we don't, you don't agree with, we make fun of you. We make fun of you, uh, not we. The other shows would make fun of you yeah. and call you an idiot. Yeah, you're an idiot. Get off our phone lines. Yeah. 
you're a boob, you're an idiot, this and that. And we always said to our, our listeners, our callers, that, look, this is sports. We don't have all the answers. If you want to disagree with us, let's, fine. Let, let's talk. Yeah. It's always been our mantra, let's talk. Yeah. You don't have to agree with us. This is sort of our, our spot in the bar, and we could sort of go back and forth with each other. And we always will keep it that way. Whether you agree or disagree with us, you can always call us and disagree with us. But the one thing we will never do is is talk down to you or call you names. And like we just have always wanted that in return. Or threaten you or stupid stuff like that that is ridiculous. This is sports. We're not banning you from the show. 2024 is the year of civility, a return to civility. So go ahead. Well, I mean, I was disappointed to see how you were treated for a well, I thought was a well-written and thought-out article that, you know, was something that I thought was good representation of how you felt at the time. I think what you're referring to is is my how I feel about what I saw on Sunday. Uh, because I was on with Jonathan and Cap today, and it was really the first time I've been on the station to talk about the... the and I said to them, there was without a doubt... I don't even think there's a close second that this was the best game I'd ever seen Justin play as a bear. Um, I felt that way Sunday sitting on my couch watching the game, and I I, I felt pretty confident that when I watched the film yesterday, it was just going to confirm what I already kind of felt, and it did. Um, and, And all of the things that had left me itchy and scratchy about him and the Bears going forward a lot of that stuff was on display in a positive way. Like, I'm not going to look at stats and come to some, based on a stat line and come to any long-term conclusion. For me, and, then, and I'll also say this as a disclaimer. A lot of what I, the conclusions I come to after watching the film, these are just my assumptions. I don't know how things are being taught up at Hallis Hall. I don't know what, prog- you know, what, what progression kind of system they're using so i'm just using my you know knowledge of the game and my experiences to come to my conclusions as i said the other day i'm not an electrician i can't wire your house but i have a pretty good idea what you're supposed to do on a on a hot route or in a combo route or whatever so my conclusions and there are a lot of people out there that tell you they know exactly what was supposed to i'm not one of those guys i'm telling you that i'm making some assumptions when i look at the tape and i give you my opinions The things that I was most kind of bothered by has always been efficiency in the pocket. Like shuffling left, shuffling right, climbing the pocket to create throwing lanes. Instead of walking in, we always talk about holding the ball too long and actually walking into sacks. So you want to see efficiency in the pocket. You want to see somebody that sees the field the correct way, trusts what he sees, and has the willingness to push the ball downfield. And I will tell you that I was so pleasantly surprised or pleased by what I saw that I watched the game a second time sitting on my, at my desk yesterday because it was such an enjoyable experience. All the things that we have been angst-ridden about, it was kind of like a stress release. Because, and I'll go to the first play of the game. First play of the game, nice little combo route. Outside receiver runs a little bit of a skinny post. DJ kind of runs a little slot fade. And it's a quick read. It's a clean pocket. Justin trusts what he sees, drops a dime on DJ. It's beautiful. 
And I'm like, okay, this is the way you start a game. The next series, they run the same play to the other side. And it was the play that DJ catches over the shoulder. Right. And, and it's a beautiful catch. He just catch. dropped it right there in the but bucket. But it's a great throw, too. Right. I'll give you another. The, 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 the post route that Justin threw to Tyler Scott. And, I, and Tyler's a rookie. He's got a long way to go. He doesn't track the ball as well as I would like. I'm not sure you needed to jump on that. It's a, it's well covered. It is a beautiful throw, and an NFL receiver has to make the catch. The biggest point that I would make about that isn't even the accuracy. It's the decision to throw it because he has passed on those moments in the past. He saw what happened. He looks to his left. He realizes the safety's on the left side of the field. He knows that he's got a post with Tyler Scott. He knows exactly where he's going to go with the ball. He confidently makes a throw. It's a beautiful throw. He's pushing the ball downfield. And my favorite play of the entire game. And again, you'll have, as we see him play, you'll see pop-up plays that are jaw-dropping. He is one of one when it comes to off-platform plays. There's nobody in the league, in my humble opinion, that can do some of the stuff that he does. You can't live off-platform for 60 minutes, though. The throw that he made to DJ Moore, the play itself, on the first play of the second half, it's a deep end. It's a 20-yard end route. I've been showing you guys pictures for five weeks where guys in man coverage or in certain situations, Justin, for whatever reason, isn't trusting what he's seeing, and he won't rip it. He, he, he identified what he was seeing. He saw it was man coverage. DJ's as good as anybody creating that little window of space by leaning on A.J. Terrell, I believe it was a cornerback, creates an opening. Justin sees the void. He steps up, and he just throws a dart. So I'm for the first time, I think I saw him throw that same ball maybe one other time against Detroit, and the ball got batted at the line of scrimmage. It's the reluctance to trust what you see and let it rip. Because I don't know if it's you're, there's a fear of making a mistake. There's, you just don't, you're not confident in what you think you're seeing. That play to me is what I've been asking for for two years. Every, every time. If we're going to run this play, trust your receiver. NFL Open is that. One step. Give your receiver, who's a top 10 receiver in the league, an opportunity to make that catch. Throw the ball. And I don't know what the difference was. I said to the guys this morning, Maybe it was just Justin in his head was like, listen, all the clutter's gone. And I'm not talking about coaching, and I'll talk about Getsy in a second as well. Maybe he just looked at and said, this could be my final game at home in front of the home crowd as a bear. I'm going to let it rip. And it's what he did. It's what we've been asking for from him, I think, is what I've been asking for a long time. Like, I've gone over the last five games. I'm putting together a piece for Marquis for... I'll give you three plays that look really good that identify what he is really good at. And I'll give you three plays that leave me uncomfortable. Because this is a huge decision that Ryan Poles has. So you're not just looking at a stat line. You're not looking at a highlight tape. This is not a sports center or get-up clip where I'm going to show you just good things. When you have to make this decision, i got to know how you play in the fourth quarter. i got to know how you play against the better defenses. And by the way, that was a top-ten defense the Falcons were. i got to know how you... How you, you read things, see things, whether or not you're processing. All of that stuff goes into the decision. And for the first time, I, I, I felt like it all kind of clicked for him. And I love the fact that he was pushing the ball downfield and taking chances. And I said this to you guys a couple of weeks ago. I'd rather you do this consistently. And every now and again, you're going to throw a pick. 
Josh Allen's throw, he throws picks. Patrick Mahomes throws picks. But if you go through the correct process and you trust what you see and you make a mistake, who gives a, a flying F? It's going to happen. You ain't perfect. But trust, trust it enough to try it. And I've, I've heard all along, well, Luke Getzey doesn't call enough shots downfield. Okay, maybe that's the case. Maybe it's the shots have been called downfield and he's not willing to take them at times. Right? Maybe it's not just the coordinator. Maybe it's a lack of execution. Maybe it's a lack of... I'm just telling you, it's the best game I've seen him play. It's not the stat line. It's how he approached the game. Uh, his accuracy was off the charts. But not it's how he chose to play the quarterback position. That's what If he had done that over the last 12 weeks, we wouldn't be having a conversation. It'd be easy. It'd be an easy. It would be very easy. So let me ask you this question. And now I will just let me add this as well. I would ask people to, who, who believe that Luke Getzey's the, the, the devil on a football field. And I, I would never tell you that he's going to make you forget about Kyle Shanahan. He's not. I'm not telling you he's the best play caller in the world. You don't score 37 points in an NFL game against a top 10 defense without having a good plan. There were guys wide open all day long. It takes nothing from Justin. I thought this was the best Justin's ever looked. Pushing the ball downfield, accuracy, decision-making, sliding into throwing lanes. There were a couple of times where he used his athleticism to create a throwing lane and then delivered a dart downfield, which is just, it makes, it makes my nipples hard to watch stuff oh like that. I'm just telling you, like all of that stuff is really fun to watch when it's executed properly. But I would ask people, for all of everybody that wants him to be rolled out on every single play, where did all of these big plays that I just described happen? Where did they happen from? Pocket. Yes. Now, I'm not telling you. You were sitting right there when Steve Young joined us four or five years ago, right? And he said to us, if I continued to play the game the way I did in Tampa, I'd been out of the league in a couple of years. When he got to San Francisco, what did he say? He tied his legs together. Right. Yeah, you got it. We're not going to tell you not to be athletic, but if you can't function from the pocket, you're not going to get to where you need to go and where we need to go. And he told us flat out, you have to be able to play at a high level from the pocket if you are going to excel and be a difference-making player. And what, what, what I think people fail to realize is in Justin's finest moments this year, the majority of them come from the pocket. The throw to DJ on the first play, pocket. The throw to DJ on the other side of the field, the same play in the second drive, pocket. The beautiful corner route that is thrown to DJ for the touchdown, pocket. The, the, the dart that he throws to Tyler Scott on the post route, pocket. The deep in route where, where he throws the, the dime to DJ Moore for a huge play to set the tone for the second half, pocket. All comes from the pocket. I'm not telling you that you need to tie him to the pocket. I'm just telling you, and I do like to see them move him, and I do like to see some design runs. At the end of the day, all really good offenses circle back to the pocket, and you have to perform from there. Jalen Hurts performs from there. Josh Allen performs from there. Lamar Jackson performs from there. All of the good quarterbacks make hay in the pocket. So a lot of the times when you're angry at Luke Getze, I'm not telling you that it's all... You know, that, that you're off base all the time. And there are improvements that he needs to make. Sometimes it's player error. Sometimes your right guard doesn't get his block and the quarterback finds himself with a, 
a defensive lineman in his face. Sometimes the quarterback slides into to traffic and doesn't have an opportunity to make the throw. Sometimes the receiver drops the ball. There is shared culpability as to why this all hasn't looked as good as it needs to look. But I would just tell everybody that says all the time that you need to get him on the move. That's got to be part of it because he's a ridiculously talented athlete. Where have the majority of his really good, impressive plays come from? From the pocket. Now, in the red zone, he's a, he's a nightmare to cover because he's such a dual threat. And I think they've been really creative in the red zone. But just... The, the, I was so thrilled to see how he played because the majority of what he did exceptionally well all occurred in the pocket. He, he was efficient with his movement in the pocket. He saw things clearly. He trusted what he was seeing. He let it rip, and he pushed the ball downfield. And that's a nightmare for, for a defense to have to deal with. And I just, for those reasons, I, it was a really fun game to watch. Now, I will say this to people. The second half of the Cardinal game, I thought was really bad tape for him. And it just goes to show you that an NFL season, for me, is a lifetime. And it's a roller coaster ride. And he can do some things that just leave you frustrated as all get out in the second half of the Cardinals game. And then the following week, seven days later, he's out there playing his best game of his NFL career. So... I mean, this is why it's such a tough decision for the people up at Hallis Hall. Well, let's advance this then to this next game. If he goes to Green Bay and he wins for the first time in the last 10, the Bears haven't won. They've, they lost nine in a row to Green Bay. Yes. He puts it on Green Bay. He plays like he did in the last game. And he's and, the reason why yes, you win the yeah. game, and he's better than their guy. Yeah, and we, we say maybe... The light has gone on. It's only two, but light goes on for for people at different times. It makes Ryan Poles' decision probably more difficult. No question. And it should. But I would tell people, and it's something the good kid has been saying for a long time, nothing bad happens with Justin playing well. Like, there's no downside to it. Either he reaffirms his spot as your quarterback going forward and you, and you move forward with him. Or his trade value goes up significantly. And at the end of the day, Sylvie, it's the same thing you and I have said for, for 17 weeks. It's, in some ways, it is simple. It's a tough evaluation, but it's a simple decision. If Ryan Poles decides that there is somebody in this draft at the quarterback position that is worth the first overall pick and he feels that guy can take them further than Justin can take them, he's got to draft that kid. If he's uncertain, in my opinion, then you move forward with Justin, you trade the pick, you give yourself some flexibility that if Justin's improvement doesn't take place in the manner that you want in his fourth year, that you can get out of it. But in the meantime, you've built a significantly better team overall. I, I, I mean, those are two good choices to have. Right. So, like, when people say, oh, why? Well, I'd hate to be Ryan Poles. I'd love to be Ryan Poles if you were a general manager in this league. He holds all the cards. He has, he has a tremendous amount of flexibility to do what he wants to do. And, and, and you and I have said this forever. Again, it comes down to whether or not he believes that Caleb Williams or Drake May or Michael Penix or one of these other guys 
is a better football player than Justin or projects to be a better football player than Justin. And if that's the case, it's my opinion that you have to pivot and go that direction. It's the most important position in sports. If there's any doubt at all, then you move forward and you trade the pick. I mean, like, it sounds simple. I know that there's a lot of really difficult analysis that has to take place. But for me... That's kind of the crux of the issue. Can you have your cake and eat it, too? I want to ask you that question coming up next. I thought Waddle broke that down as well as we've heard anyone, any guest, break it down. 312-332-3776. Your reaction to that? Barstool Big Cat joining us at 4 o'clock. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. It's that time again when we venture deep into the great unknown. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. A trip inside the mind of a multi-concussed former Bears wide receiver. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him, and he had an all-time day in the use of smelling salt. Buckle up, boys and girls. Tom Waddle, everything wants to have a Tom Waddle. If I had a football team, I'd like to have a Tom Waddle on my team because you draw from that. It's time to go inside. Waddle's World. Tom Waddle did have to use a lot of smelling salt. Oh, John, thank you. Make me blush. Waddle's World is brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank. Visit Wintrust.com slash find us. Member FDIC. Can I make this one final kind of thought? This is just me again. And and I'm not sitting here professing to have all the answers. I just want that as, to be the disclosure that I present there. I believe that Ryan Poles has done a a really, really good job. I think this franchise is in better shape right now than they've been in a very long time. Has his two years here been without blemishes? No. But no general man. I I mean, you've done and have done in the past, gone through a long list of the things that that Theo Epstein got wrong. And he's arguably the best front office guy in baseball history in the last 50 years. You're not going to hit everything. I think that the vast majority of Ryan Poles' decisions have been very good for this franchise. With that as the backdrop, I'm personally giving him the benefit of the doubt to make the right decision here. And I'm going to trust that he's going to continue to make good decisions. And the reason I say that is, is think about it this way. Every, there's a good portion of people, and I understand the feeling. That would like for him to trade the first pick, to go forward with Justin, or we'll talk about maybe another, whatever, but to get that enormous haul of first-round capital and draft capital. You want that because you trust him, right? Don't you trust him? You yeah. trust him with right. all of that? Right. The way you trusted him when he traded the pick to Carolina and got what he got? Yeah. So you're going to trust him. If Ryan Poles tells you, I thought it was best for this franchise... To use this draft pick on Caleb Williams or Drake May because I believe one of these guys is an elite quarterback and takes us to place. Why wouldn't you trust him? You're only going to trust him if he does what you want him to do? Yeah, right. Like, if you have oh, trust. I'll, I'll trust, right. That, and that's where I'm at. Regardless of his decision. And I think that's what this comes down to. Comes down to whether or not Ryan Poles and his people up at Hallis Hall believe that there is a guy at the top of the draft where for the second time in a row, two years consecutively, you have the first overall pick. 
If you believe there is a guy there that you can't pass up at the most important position in football, I'm going to trust if he makes that decision. Right. I'm going to trust him, too, if he says, you know what? I got some questions about this guy, this guy, and that guy. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to trade the pick. I'm going to bring in a ton of capital. I'm going to improve my team in a lot of other areas. We're going to move forward with Justin. But we're going to create an opportunity, if we have to, to hit the eject button in a year and get out of the situation and pivot in another direction if, in fact, it doesn't work. Right. The hope is, is that it does. But you, I don't believe that you've seen enough from Justin to put all of your eggs in his basket. If you want to put some of your eggs in the basket and hope for improvement, I understand that. But regardless that's of the, the decision. That's the cake and eat it too portion that I was alluding to. A lot of people have said it's not just choosing Justin versus Caleb Williams or Drake May or another quarterback. It's choosing Justin with all of that draft compensation by trading down. So could you, in fact, knowing that his cap hit next year, I believe Justin's is only $6 million. Yeah, it's very, very so, friendly. So you're not committing yet to paying him an extension. You will have to make a decision on his fifth year right. by May 2nd. But even though, like, even if you do, it's still, what, like $23 million? Yeah, you would be. It's you not, would basically be on the hook for $15 million a year for the next two years. You're like, that's not even market value for a quarterback. Like, what market value is. Uh, so you're still getting off pretty cheap. So could you trade down? Get a haul and give him another year because he, he he ended the year on a high note. And you think, okay, look, this is too good to move off of. I think maybe the light's going on, but I'm not totally sure. But I can't move off of him now. And I know that there's too much good stuff out there. I like Marvin Harrison. Could trade down to three. Could get a boatload. Or whatever, make I can move. I get an offensive tackle. I get a pass rusher. Right. I can get a wide or receiver. I, I get them all. To, or I can move down to eight and get three number one picks. Yeah. And then if Justin succeeds, I'm on the Justin train, and I've got a lot to build around. And if Justin fails, and he doesn't come what I think he can be, I've got draft capital to move up next year to draft the quarterback, whoever that is. Right now. <clears throat> Part of this equation is is that there's a couple of things here. Uh, you go back, and this is part of the evaluation process. This is not just me editorializing. This is just reality. If you go into next season with Justin, having done what you described, and for whatever reason, the progress isn't there, his trade value at that point is this. Right. You would lose out on his trade value. and But you would gain all those future first-round picks. By trading down. That's true. But his trade value would basically be diminished tremendously. And the other thing you have to factor in is what if one of these guys turns out to play like C.J. Stroud did. Sure, sure, right. Like So those are the things that Ryan Poles has to weigh. Now, like, look, you really can't trade a quarterback if you've also picked up, I don't think, you can't, his the possibility of moving on from him. And remember, if you pick up the fifth-year option, it's guaranteed. So now you're on the hook guaranteed for $30 million. You're not going to be able to pivot if next year doesn't turn out to be what you want to be at that position. You're going to eat it. 
Right. Or unless you trade him, but... Again, what's your trade value at that point? It's lower, or you could not pick up the fifth year. There's another option. And then you could, then you would franchise him, but then you would franchise him knowing that he's actually played well enough to franchise, correct? Or to work out a new so deal. So that, with. to me, would also be another avenue. You don't pick up the fifth year option, okay? It's kind of a prove it year. If he plays really, really well, you franchise him. And you try to work out a long-term deal at that point. He's never going to be outside of your control if, in fact, you go that route, right? Yes. So yeah, you're not going to lose him. Like, this is why there are a really, number of options. And Ryan Poles has a lot at his disposal. And this is why I know this has created a lot of angst. It's created a lot of attention with people. I would like to remind folks that this is, this is sports. It's life for the guys up at Hallis Hall. But it's sports for you. And I would just hope that... You wouldn't send my friend a tweet or a text or a message that you wouldn't send to your boss or coworker because it would embarrass the F out of you and maybe get you fired. Okay? Because 2024 is the year of renewed civility. I like it. Okay? So like let it. me just put that into perspective. These are all just football conversations. Okay? There's no nuclear war at stake here. You know, we're not talking poverty. We're not talking disease. This is NFL football. Okay? And if you want to go in this direction, I'm more than happy, and I think you are more than happy to to listen to that opinion and find some valid, some validity to it. Same way over here. Yeah, I'm not dug in. I like, no. If Justin Fields still ends up being the answer to my quarterback we dream, I, yeah, like I'm like great. This I is just why want I think- to go like go on. I keep saying this. I want to go on that quarterback rocket ship ride that I've never been on before in Chicago sports. I would sports. just all say to people as well, and there's another, I mean, this is why this is such a detailed conversation from my perspective. And again, I'm not professing any, you know, righteous, correct view. There are a lot of people in here when I have said, you know, Jerry Goff's a pretty good quarterback. I think you win some games with him. Kirk Cousins is a pretty good quarterback. I think you can win some games with him. Matthew Stafford... There's a risk factor, but I think he's a good quarterback. And people are like, and I'm not just me, directly me. saying you. Nobody, I mean, there's a lot of people that feel the same way. They go, I don't want him. I want something better. Those three guys have, have accomplished significantly more. And I know they've been in the league longer, but have projected better, really, than, than what we've seen from our guy. So what you want to do is accept on the basis that you think that the ceiling is really high, but the overall performance has been pretty average. Where are you going to be happy at? Because you didn't want Kirk Cousins, who's accomplished a hell of a lot more. You know, you, you, you don't want Matthew Stafford. You don't want Jared Goff. But I want him because of all of the fantastic things that he can do. But at the end of the day, we're really just an average offense. Like, where is your level right. of acceptance going to be? Because it's been bitter beer face for a lot of people. If I go, hey, Kirk Cousins is pretty damn good, God. Oh, no, he's not very good. you got to get better than that. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. Like, yeah. Yeah. This is smacking us in the face that playing this position at a very high level is really hard to do. So the decision is a really difficult decision. I'd rather be Ryan Poles right now, having to make this decision. And I'm happy as you get, you can imagine for Justin. Because either way, 
Justin, if he's not here, wherever he goes, he's going to be appreciated. Right. His stock has elevated. A he's team a good will kid. appreciate whether it's here or another uh, team uh, who uh, trades for him. I've heard other people too say much maligned Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields has been pretty. There are there's you know there's a group that would like to move on and. And, and would like to draft someone else. I think for the they were chanting his name in Soldier Field. Of course, I think the vast majority of people in this fan base have been very supportive of him. My kids have his jersey. He's a good kid. He works hard. He's a leader. His teammates like him. Like that has never been an issue for anybody right. at any time. Yeah, nobody's ever said we can't keep him because he's an ass in the building. No, you say we can keep him because he's a true leader in the building, right? So, like. It, it, I think Ryan Poles has got a tough decision, but it's a great situation to be in. He's got the best situation that he created on his own as, as any general manager in town. And as a fan, and as someone who's believing in what I've seen from Ryan the last two years, I'll be excited if Ryan Poles comes to the podium and says, guess what? We've gone through the process. We've evaluated all these guys. We think we've got our guy. We're going to trade the pick and move on. It's our best option. This is our yeah, best you option. Get you know it. what? I'm going to be excited as a Bears fan, and I'm going to trust my GM. If my GM comes to the mo- the microphone and says what we have done is as we have moved on, we're going to draft somebody, I'm going to trust my GM. And I'm going to be excited about that because th- that may turn out to be something you've never seen in your entire life as a Bears fan. So you're kind of in the catbird seat as a Bear fan, and all of this fighting it's kind of nonsensical because both outcomes really have a positive, I think, you know, component attached to both of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I want to talk about polls in a little bit, too. The benefit of the doubt. Let's take some of these calls. So, uh, Gene in uh, Spring Hill, Florida. Gino, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up? Hey, man. Thanks for you guys for alluding to Kirk. It's almost like you let me into the segment. That, <laughs> quite frankly, that's the move I would do in the offseason, man. I would move on from Fields. His trade value is as high as it's going to be. We've seen his body work for the last three years. I went to the game in Tampa Bay. Kid couldn't hit the broadside of a barn or see a wide-open receiver if his life depended on it, man. It's time to move on from Justin. Trade, get what we can out of him. If it's already, you know, we can get a, you know, as high as a second, take a second. Uh, draft Kirk, uh, draft a quarterback. Hopefully with the second-round pick we can get from Justin, let him sit for a couple of years behind Kirk. Green Bay has a formula to develop quarterbacks. We don't. Get us a veteran, let a kid learn from a veteran, then turn the reins over to him. With the draft capital we get, we could build a hell of a team for the kid to walk into. That's my opinion. See, I know it's like... Gene, you know, what I, what I, oh, I, here's what oh. I said to the guys. I said... I would go to the Vikings and use my cap room on Daniil Hunter. Yeah, I, that, I, that, I'd be okay I, with that. I, I, if I'm going to draft a quarterback, I'm handing the baton to him into a more ready-made situation. Like, I've heard a lot of people say, and this is only if I'm going to a rookie quarterback, well, look at Bryce Young. Bryce Young got ruined by the Panthers. You are moving this rookie quarterback into a ready-made situation. Yes. They're going to be way, way better We're than not going the to they're not a rebuilding team anymore. Right. I am I'm using my cap room on a guy and not on a place holding quarterback. I am going to go to Daniel Hunter to go to the defense to rush the quarterback with Montez Sweat to have one of the best defenses in the NFL. And I'm going to have the quarterback start from the very beginning. How'd you like Chris Jones to be your three technique? Or that. 
I'm going to use my 20 million, 25 million per year on him instead of 30 some million on Kirk Cousins. Now you're also going to have to spend like they've spent a lot of resources on the defensive side of the ball. I think you're going to have to now focus more on the offensive side of the ball and building things up there as well. But I, no, I, I'm I. I wouldn't pivot and go to a high-priced veteran quarterback at this point either. Yeah. That's not mine. I'm not That's using not my cap room that way. Uh, let's go to Paul. Paul downtown. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Paulie? Hey, guys. Good show. Thank you. Quickly, there's, there's two dynamics here. There's the debatable and the not debatable. What is debatable? Uh, Justin Fields' talent. Some people think he's inaccurate, bad decision-maker, bad at the two-minute uh, warnings on both halves, fumble interceptions. Other people think he's dynamic and get out of trouble and he has trouble reading the defenses. That is not really the issue. You, the business model is to get a QB for nothing for five years, four years, and build around him. You can't pay fields in the fifth year and do that. I, he is not worth. I thought it was forty-seven million he gets for that fifth year. You guys, no, no, it's like it's just under. It's like twenty-two, twenty-three, yeah. twenty-four, it's somewhere. Still in that. not a okay. lot. It's yeah. not a lot. Yeah, it's not forty. You could still build with that, and the model would be so. Even if you draft Caleb Williams, let's say, and now you build because you're going to get a lot. The trader, why I, I'm going to debunk what you guys said about buying another year. Sell it when you can, not when you have to. That's what every successful trader's adage is, okay? You will never get more for this kid. There's no I doubt. hope he throws for 700 yards this week. <laughs> That's a good point. Okay? Because you'll never get more for him. And you'll get a lot for him. You will. There are teams that are willing to jump. Atlanta and Pitt would die to have this guy. Tomlin would die to have this guy. Yeah. You can hold them up. Okay? And now you build around. And in the third year or fourth year, you got this great solid team, and Caleb Williams turns out to be a bum. Then you go out and pay $30, $40 million for a guy for two years. You win a couple Super Bowls because your defense is already great. I know what you're saying about selling high with fields, and I'm always selling high. I'm just telling you, though, what's better to sell high for fields, whether it's an, a first-round next year or a high second, or getting three first-round picks by trading down with your first-round pick this year? You have to monetize Justin Fields. Well, wait, wait. And What's better? Three first-round picks or one first-round pick? Three first-round picks for your first-round pick for the Panthers' first-round first pick, round pick or, for Justin, or one first-round pick for Justin. And by the way, you have your own first-round pick, right. so you could get three by trading down several spots and have your own, or you can pick Caleb Williams yeah, but, but and, you're still and trade Justin. So then you have you know two. Or you know what I'm saying? Like you're you're only looking at it from the Justin selling but high part. They get part. to buy five. They get to buy five years. Two hundred and fifty million. You do for five years. You, yeah, no, the that's a component. Be, the team will be. This is my not debatable. The team will be worth twice as much by then. The heirs won't be taking as big a hit right on their dividend check because they'll already have talked about being in Arlington Heights. They already have started to build. Team's going to double in value when that happens. It's going to become a gambling mecca. Even all. Even though all teams are just uh, traveling casinos, but by then the team will be worth a lot more. Hey, then then they'll be willing to part with the two hundred and fifty million or three hundred, whatever it is by then, 
when the team is worth a lot more. I can't see the Bears there is wanting to take a dividend check cut. I just can't. Yeah, Paul, I, look, I, I, under, we, I think we all understand that there is a financial component to this. For me, again, it comes down to whether or not the general manager thinks that there's a guy in this yeah, draft that he's, that's worth he's the worth first it. pick of the draft. The because risk. this team isn't going to be picking first again for a long time, hopefully. Because they're a better football team. Think about it. I always Unless say he this. makes another shrewd pick. A trade with and, like a and, Panthers and type team. Listen, I take nothing away from the from the trade. It was it was a fabulous trade. But as I've said to you a thousand times, good fortune is also in the foundation of all championships. We got fortunate that the Houston Texans and Lovey Smith did what they did. Then we got fortunate the Carolina Panthers decided to go with Bryce Young and not CJ yes. Stroud. Because I'm a firm believer that if CJ Stroud's the quarterback in, in, in Carolina, yeah. we ain't getting the first pick. Right. And Frank Reich's still coaching. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like, we, again, I, I think the trade was fabulous, but this is what you need as you're trying to build a, a you know, a, a consistent championship or championship caliber team, you need some good fortune. And, and they were the beneficiaries of it. All right. So uh, coming up, uh, we've got Barstool Big Cat at four. Do we have Florida or Ohio today? Today's a Wednesday. We do, yep. All right. Florida or Ohio coming up next. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie. Watch us and join the chat. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. Get ready to play the game that's sweeping the nation. Public drunkenness. Exotic animals. Dumb criminals. Random stabbings. Or maybe just some good old-fashioned debauchery. Everything's on the table. It's the Sunshine State versus the Buckeye State as we play Florida or Ohio. As always, listeners, feel free to play along at home. Right, Florida or Ohio, Wednesdays and Fridays. What do you got, Tyler? Man nearly dies after eating four poisonous mushrooms he foraged from his backyard with his Italian pasta. Claims his smartphone app, Plant Identifier, told him that the fungi was edible. I'm not relying on my... My cell phone mushroom identifier app? Not a chance. All right, so, I mean, you're not growing mushrooms in Ohio in January. No, you're not. Unless he's harvested them in, like, October, and he has stored them since, but... I'm going... He's going into his uh, backyard. To get this. Yeah, don't yeah. throw it. Don't don't try to don't try to convince us. I know he's going into. You're not going into your backyard in yeah, December in, 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 in Ohio. In, in Ohio, this There's is no mushrooms. It has available. been unseasonably warm here in the Midwest. Yeah, but still, mushrooms aren't living in these conditions. Uh, you know what, Tyler? I'm going to go with Jacksonville. I'm going to go with Jacksonville mushrooms. You you think Jacksonville has good uh, good I don't mushrooms? Know. Good shrooms? I do believe that you can probably still grow mushrooms at this time of year in Jacksonville. Do you have mushrooms in your yard? Like oh, in the yeah, yeah. I, so much so that my dog. You've got to be oh. very careful. I had to take her to the emergency vet back in. Gosh, what was it? September. What's that sign of too uh, too uh, moist? I don't know. Excuse me. Is that? Yeah, I know you don't like that word. Uh, no, I don't like yeah. the word. My, my, damp, I have a damp house full of people that are that's damp, damp and moist. That's how and dark. That's how mushrooms like it. 
I mean, I hate the the sight of mushrooms in your lawn. This is swampland territory. This is a Florida oh. Everglades. A Florida Everglades. 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 That that's the home of uh, Burmese pythons, where people take their snakes. And they're too big to keep in their tanks as pets, so they just take them to the Everglades and turn them loose. And they just throw them in. Yeah. Who needs an app? Just go by the age-old adage, leaves of three, let them be. I've never heard that. Leaves Leaves of four, four, eat some more. Really? Yeah. Damn right. Although, I guess mushrooms probably don't have leaves. They don't have leaves. What are we talking about? You're going outside and eating a bunch of, you know, shrubs? No, it's it's not a fail-safe for shrooms. I'll go with Ohio. I'll play the Midwest game here. It took place in Windham, Ohio. Oh! Really? He, he must have just stored them. What's he doing picking mushrooms and putting it in his pasta you sauce? You kind of like the person who dreams up. I'm going to make an app yeah. for vegetation that you can yeah. eat. I do love mushrooms, though. Not those. I had mushroom pizza the other day. Have you ever had the psychedelic mushrooms? No. Hell no. I have. Right, let's ask uh, Big Cat about that coming up next. Barstool Big Cat. Joins us. Is he buying what Justin Fields is now selling? That's up next.